Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Um, so for those who don't know me, I'm Keith Menhinnick. I use he, him, his pronouns, and I'm honored to share with you all today. And just to let you know, I'll be doing a lot of screen sharing and toggling back and forth. Um, so yeah, just to give you all a prep on that. But I wanted to just say happy Father's Day, happy Fathering Day, and happy Juneteenth weekend. Um, as many of you know, Juneteenth is the holiday commemorating when the very last enslaved people in Texas in 1865 learned that they had been freed two and a half years prior. I was reading about how exactly one year later in 1866, some of the first African Americans that were freed in Texas marked Juneteenth as a day of freedom. And this was led by Black Baptist ministers and community leaders, many of whom crowdsourced money uh, to buy land, which they named Emancipation Park. And it was the first park where Black people in Texas could gather and swim and share food and tell stories and celebrate. And they named that park Emancipation Park. So I'm reminded in the face of delayed justice for Black lives, we too at college at uh, Park Avenue celebrate Juneteenth as a commitment to make freedom real. Our political leaders all across the country are debating about whether or not Juneteenth should be a federal holiday, but we troublemaking Baptists here at Park Avenue have a different heritage. And we follow those early Black Baptists who were the first celebrators of Juneteenth. We celebrate Juneteenth at Park Ave as a part of our liturgical calendar. These last few Sundays at Park Ave have been super heavy, full of mourning and anger and rage at our country's racism and disregard for Black life. I personally can't stop thinking on this Father's Day about how George Floyd and Rayshard Brooks were fathers. There is a lot to mourn about. And Juneteenth is about exactly that, that justice and freedom have long been delayed for black people. But Juneteenth is also about celebration. 
It is an invitation to help us reflect on all that we have to celebrate. Just like Jesus and his friends, we celebrate Black freedom as a commitment to make it real. Juneteenth teaches us about the importance of celebration in our movements for racial justice, that we combat the fatigue and trauma of fighting for justice delayed by taking some time to celebrate, gather with the community, and share some food and some care. So in a minute, we are going to uh, celebrate Juneteenth by decentering the sermon as Pastor Darcy likes to talk about it. So instead of a traditional sermon today, you'll hear several kind of breakout sermons similar to this one. And we'll move into breakout groups where we can not only talk about justice and caring for each other, but we can practice it. So to me, it's, it's both self-care and what I've been calling squad care, that like deep care in and with community for the whole squad. Um, so we're going to shift into our first breakout groups. And I invite you as a group to both think about Juneteenth as a liturgical Baptist holiday where we celebrate freedom as a commitment to make it real. And I also invite you to reflect on two questions. Both of these are in the bulletin and um, I'll put them up here again, just to let you know. But I invite you to reflect on these two questions. Today I am releasing and today I am celebrating. So let's share together. Hello. Some of us are going to remain in the in the larger room together. And I'm back. Yes. So we have our little small group here to talk about what we're releasing, yeah. what we're celebrating. Uh, welcome all of you on Facebook. Welcome all of you on Facebook. You'll be interacting with us a lot today. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you have any comments, you can come in on Facebook and any questions or, uh, of that nature um, as we wait for Keith to get back in the group. Yeah, or we can get started. Liz, will you put it on gallery view so that everybody in the group can be seen by the Facebook world? There we go. Yourself included. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Pastor Henry. Oh, no, I was probably going to say exactly what you said. <laughs> yeah, just moving us toward our prompts. Um, good morning, y'all. I'm celebrating seeing you guys right now. This is great. Uh, good morning. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there. Mm -hmm. uh, women who play both roles, uh, men who are in both roles as well, grandfathers and uncle. Happy Father's Day to each and every one of you all. Yes. Mm -hmm. To all the dog fathers. I know Mike's on the feed. Mike, you're a dog dad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Kyle's not here to wish him a, a cat and dog dad happy Father's Day, but I will when he gets home. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So what are you guys celebrating today? Uh, you know, being a father. Um, celebrating my father. I saw it, see him yesterday. We 
cooked and hung out and laughed and talked loud about everything that's going on in the world. Um, but it's always a blessing to still have a father. I know many of people may be mourning today uh, from the loss of their father, uh, mm-hmm. the person that they saw as a father. Uh, so, you know, but we are celebrating that. He's still here and I'm here and my kids are well and healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Liz, are you celebrating anything in particular? I guess we're going out of order. If you want to start with, are you releasing anything? That's wonderful as well. That's good to hear. I think um, Father's Day and Mother's Day are complicated for me. So both days are about um, releasing releasing expectations and releasing grief. Mm processing and and releasing grief and um you know mourning what was lost and also celebrating the people many people across my life who have taken the role of mother and father to me and taken care of me and led me and guide me and um yeah it just looks very it looks very different so i think that's what i'm releasing today yeah, thank you for saying that. I think that's probably going to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, I have a yeah. Lot the, the spaces that I'm in, I have lots of friends who um, don't 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 really celebrate Mother's and Father's Day, and we kind of just band together and say, you know, we're we're here for you, however we can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely understand that, um, you know, as far as releasing, you know, uh, a lot, I, I know a lot of individual people across the world are experiencing a lot of anxiety, um, you know, we're not as sheltered in as we once were, but we are seeing spikes of this COVID uh, in many different places, um, especially in Georgia as well. So trying to release that anxiety, but still living with the reality that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So. Um, which I think has gotten lost <laughs> a couple of individuals in, across the country um, and it's starting to affect more people. So um, I, I definitely know my prayer is that we stay cautious, stay aware, um, stay safe, um, to keep people healthy. Um, so trying to release that anxiety that, that we all are still living in the midst of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome Reverend Keith. What are you releasing today, Darcy? I think that, um, yeah, I want change like yesterday. And so I think releasing um, the expectation that it's going to be right now to this idea of this is a marathon that we're in um, and things do feel like they're unveiling really fast right now, but the work is gonna be long. And we, we as a community have been engaging in deconstructing white supremacist theology and that's a long journey too so i think i'm really saying i'm such a those of you who know me i'm such like a instant gratification person (laughs) so i'm constantly letting go of it's it's got to be right now for okay we're in this and i love the idea that we continue we can celebrate now knowing that that's going to be give us the energy to continue moving forward i think that's what reverend keith was saying um Mm -hmm. that it's okay to celebrate right now 
celebrate the the victories and the people. I saw someone put on Instagram, we're not even on a marathon, we're on an Ironman. Like this is this is asking everything of our bodies, our spirits, our soul, our minds. It's not even a marathon, it's an Ironman. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like to that point, I think about all the scriptures in the Hebrew Bible, which we won't be talking about today, but all the ones where like the wall is torn down, they rebuild the wall. The wall is torn down, they rebuild the wall. And it's like one generation is dancing and rejoicing and the other generation is weeping. And it's just like right there on top of each other, like mourning and celebration and how they go together mm-hmm. and how like we mourn losses and celebrate little things like, and all of that is needed for the justice movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. I've been, I've been framing it as like grief and gratitude, but maybe it's grief and celebration. We need each other to, to, to be in that balance. Yeah. It looks like Reverend Renetta Hobson came into our group. We'll, we'll see if, if she wants to participate, if not, no worries. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Let's unmute you. Hey. Hey, good morning. I thought I was coming back into the sanctuary. I didn't know I was coming into a group. <laughs> uh, we're the open we're, group here. Yeah, you know? yeah, we're the open group. We're, we're what they're seeing on Facebook right now. While they were um, while they were in breakout, I was in the kitchen making me some breakfast, so I didn't participate. <laughs> no problem. Well, you got two more opportunities. Well, yeah. that kind of self-care that we're talking about, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it looks like everyone's gathering back in. Everyone's coming back in. Okay. Thank you, group. I hope we got to talk enough. And we'll go ahead and close all the rooms and bring everyone back in. Yeah. I think the the other piece of celebrating that I'm thinking about is I celebrate the men that I see who are really, really good dads and and quality fathers. And that's always very encouraging to me to see engaged, caring, vulnerable dads with the next generation. And I, I celebrate that. Yes. Thank you, Liz. Slowly but surely, we're coming back in. All right. I think everyone is back. Um, Welcome back to the group. Um, I hope that was experience that you enjoyed and as Reverend Keith told you prior to we'll have two more opportunities um, to join groups and communicate um, as a whole Um, then we've came to our time now uh, which we call our centering down moment in the middle of our worship service this morning so to give us an opportunity to sit still Uh, so if you would like 
Um, if you want to turn off your um, screen, just find, find a position um, that is comfortable for yourself. Uh, place your feet firmly on the floor. Um, let's take a moment to look inward. If you would take a deep breath. Allow your breath inward to declutter a lot of what's going on in our minds and open up space for the spirit of the Lord to move in this morning. As you take, continue to take deep breath, notice your hands, your fingers. Our hope and our prayer this morning is that we can use our hands for the work of the Lord to push forward our agendas of justice and love in the world. As you breathe, notice your legs and your feet. Wiggle your toes. It's a blessing to be able um, to feel your toes and your legs. Um, Frederick Douglass said, I prayed all my life uh, to be free of slavery. And my prayer didn't come to fruition till I prayed with my legs. So our hope this morning is that our feet may guide us to a firm place uh, to where we can um, bring about the kingdom of Christ. And as you sit still, breathe inward and breathe out, notice your heartbeat. Where it tells us that every living springs comes from the heart. Let us bow our heads in prayer this morning. Our God, which are in heaven, who is, who was, and who is to come, the one who blesses us with the strength to go forward and not give up, who provides us with a unmatched grace and mercy, holy is thy name. We come on this Sunday to again see you to experience your spirit so that it may guide us to a right mind and build in us a pure and just heart. We come for you to renew us, renew our courage to keep marching and keep fighting for a new normal, combating all of those things that are in us and around us that does not mirror you and your will. We come asking for the words to speak in times like these. Give us the boldness to say what is what needs to be said. Give us the wisdom to seek spaces and seek people that can provide healing in the midst of trouble, in the midst of change. And as always, we ask that your Holy Spirit continue to speak to us, that your spirit be in every word spoken, every uh, song sung, every prayer prayed, every offer given, every scripture read, every word preached, every conversation had in our groups this morning, that your spirit flow into every heart, listening by phone and online. And as always, we pray for the family of those who have lost loved ones during this time. Be with them, comfort them, console them, allow them to feel your spirit and your presence, to let them know that they are not alone. And it's in the name of the African Messiah, Jesus Christ, we all pray, amen. Amen.
Good morning, family. My name is Daniel Bass. I am um, both on the worship team here at Park Avenue and also one of the deacons. Um, and I'm also a teacher. So I hang out with um, kids all day long. I teach fourth graders through eighth graders. And so I'm gonna be doing our children's moment this morning. If you are a young saint, come forth. Um, but to the saints who are youthful in spirit of every age, come forth. This is gonna be a moment for us to um, worship together. So my question for you, just to start off this time is, how do you feel today? How does your body feel? Do you feel full of energy and really excited? Or do you feel a little bit sleepy or tired or even sad? Everybody just stop for a second, put your attention on your body and on your feelings and figure out, how am I feeling this morning? Uh, I have a friend that I work with. She's also a teacher. Her name is Megan. And when you ask Megan how she's feeling, sometimes she'll say, oh, my bucket feels really full today. Or she'll say, my bucket's feeling kind of empty. And one day I said, Megan, what are you talking about? What, what bucket? I don't see that you have a bucket with you. And she told me about a book that's called Have You Filled a Bucket Today by a lady named Carol McLeod. And in this book, the author tells us that every single person all day long walks around with an invisible bucket. Every single person is carrying a bucket. And that bucket can feel really full when we're happy, when we feel safe, when we feel loved. It's like carrying around a bucket that's full of love and happy and joyful feelings. But sometimes when hard or scary things happen, it empties our bucket. When bad things happen to us or the people that we care about, it can make us feel really tired and upset and it can make us feel like our bucket is empty. So today, Keith is gonna tell us a story about a man named Elijah. And it's a story that comes from the Hebrew Bible. And in this story, God sees that some of the people that are so important to God are living in a place that's not safe. And in this place, the people who are in charge are making really bad choices and they are hurting and killing the people that are special to God. So God sends Elijah to help. And Elijah's job is to go to the people that are in charge and tell them, God wants you to stop being greedy. God wants you to treat people fairly. And God wants you to stop killing God's people. So Elijah goes and he tells them these things over and over and over again. He goes to the people in charge and he says, treat people fairly. Don't kill people. You've got to change your behavior because God wants us all to love each other. Well, the people in charge don't like this very much. They don't want Elijah to say that. They don't want to change their bad behavior that hurts other people. And so they try to kill Elijah. They want him to go away. They want to get rid of him so they can keep doing the things that they're doing. And this makes Elijah very tired and very sad because he's tried so hard to change things and it feels like not very much change is happening. His bucket feels empty. And Elijah feels like giving up and not even trying anymore because he doesn't think he can change anything. So our question that we have to ask is, how can Elijah get his bucket filled up again if it feels empty? So in the story that Keith is gonna tell us, first, Elijah takes a nap. The first thing he does is just lay down and take a nap because his bucket is empty, he feels really tired. So he takes a nap. Then when he wakes up, Elijah has a snack. 
He needs to eat something to help him feel a little bit better. And that fills his bucket up a little bit too. Then Elijah is hanging out in nature. He goes outside and he's just sitting around by himself. He's not having to interact with anybody else. And he finds that his bucket fills up just a tiny bit more. And then he spends some time with God, talking with God, and that fills his bucket up a little bit more. And then God brings him a friend and God says, you shouldn't do this all by yourself. I'm going to give you a partner and you can pass on some of this job to him and he's going to help you. That way you're not alone. Someone else will help you do the hard work. So then Elijah's bucket is filled back up. He has the energy to get up, go back out and keep working hard to make the world safe and fair for everybody in it. So at the beginning of this year, at the start of 2020, I sat down and I made a list, a big list of all of the people, places, and things that empty out my bucket, that make me feel tired or sad or scared or unsafe. And then I made a list of all the people and places and things that fill my bucket up. What makes me feel energized and happy and safe and loved? And so I know that when I hang out with my mama, that fills my bucket up. She's one of the people on my list that makes me feel happy and fills my bucket up. I know if I sit and I draw pictures and I paint, that fills my bucket up some. If I go to the library and I just sit there and I don't talk to anybody and I just read by myself, that fills my bucket up. So here's my challenge for all of us, whether you are a very young person or if you are an older person, all of us can make a list so that when our buckets feel empty, we know how to fill them back up. So today I want you to write down if you can or tell somebody out loud or just think in your brain, who are the people that make you feel loved and safe and happy? And where are the places that you can go that make you feel loved and safe and happy? And what are the things that you can do that make you feel better, that fill up your bucket? Because all of us get tired and sad and lonely some of us are in situations where we are not safe, where our bodies are not safe, but all of us have the ability to seek out and chase and do and hang out with those people, places, and things that give us energy and fill our buckets up so that we can do the hard work of making the world a safe and a fair place. And you can start doing that no matter how old you are. Amen. So let's pray together. God, we thank you for the story of Elijah that reminds us that it's okay for us to be tired and lonely and scared. It's okay for us to get worn out of doing the really hard work of trying to change an unfair world. And it's also okay for us to um, announce to the people in charge that the way that they're acting makes people unsafe and it's not okay. And God, when we get to those places where we're tired and worn out and our buckets are empty, would you give us the grace and the energy and the imagination to seek out the people, places, and things that fill our buckets back up again so that we can keep doing the hard work. And we never ever do it by ourselves, but you give us friends so that we do it together and we can share the load so that when one of us is tired, someone else can do the hard work until our buckets are full again. Amen. That being said, we're now going to hear our scripture reading, that same story read by Marcus. Hear the scripture reading, a reading from 1 Kings 19, 1 through 11. 
King Ahab told Queen Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had killed all of Baal's prophets with the sword. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah with this message. May the gods do whatever they want to me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you like one of them. Elijah was terrified. He got up and ran for his life. He arrived at Beersheba in Judah and left his assistant there. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He finally sat down under a solitary broom bush. He prayed that he might die. Enough, he cried. Now, O oh Lord, take my life because I am no better than my ancestors. He lay down and fell asleep under the solitary broom bush. Then suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, get up and eat. Elijah opened his eyes and saw flatbread baked on hot stones and a jar of water beside his head. He ate and drank and then he went back to sleep. The angel of the Lord returned a second time and touched him. Get up and eat because you have a difficult road ahead of you. Elijah got up, ate and drank and with the strength from that meal, he walked for 40 days and nights until he arrived at Horeb, God's mountain. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The word of the Lord came to him and said, why are you here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I've been very passionate for the Lord, the God of heavenly forces, because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They've torn down your altars and they have murdered your prophets with the swords. I'm the only one left, and now they want to take my life and kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand at the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is passing by. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in today's scripture, the prophet Elijah has dedicated himself to a life of activism. As Daniel said so perfectly, he has condemned the greed and xenophobia of political and religious leaders. Elijah has unwaveringly sided with the poor and the refugee and the widow and the immigrant. But in turn, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel vow that they will kill him by tomorrow. So Elijah flees for his life to the desert and collapses. He cries out to God, enough, take my life. And Elijah falls into a deep sleep. Now, I know some of y'all know what this kind of exhaustion feels like. Like the activist prophet Elijah, some of us today may be experiencing justice fatigue. Justice fatigue when you've been saying their names, but the list keeps getting longer. Justice fatigue when it becomes too draining to stand up to every racist comment. Justice fatigue when it becomes too traumatizing to keep seeing unarmed black and trans people murdered and vilified in the news. Justice fatigue when you are sick of having another diversity conversation with no systemic change. Justice fatigue when you begin running out of words to describe the pain and oppression. Justice fatigue when you begin to lose all hope that God's children will ever treat each other with love. So what do you do when you are like Elijah, too beat up, too discouraged, too tired to keep showing up to rallies, to keep educating people and yourself about privilege, to keep fighting to change the system, justice fatigue. Justice fatigue is the trauma that comes from endlessly mobilizing for justice and system change 
in a world that does not love you. It is the physical, mental, and emotional toll incurred through advocating for social change. We feel unfulfilled at work. We get irritable with our kids and our friends and our partners. We don't care like we used to. We can't fall asleep or we sleep too long. We never feel rested. We feel hypersensitive to images in the, in the media and we feel powerless to make a difference. Another form of this is compassion fatigue, which is the emotional residue or strain of exposure to working with those suffering from the consequences of trauma. This is the trauma that Elijah finds himself in. And with incredible pain, Elijah cries out, enough God, take my life. So what are we to do? As Daniel so succinctly put it, the first thing God lets Elijah do is sleep or take a nap. Then the angel wakes Elijah up and gives him fresh bread and water and lets him sleep again. So here's our first, our first lesson from scripture. If you need that kind of deep sleep, then God invites you to it. And it is a reminder also to eat clean food and drink water. Next, the angel invites Elijah to journey into the desert. It is time to leave the demands of the city and the people and be alone in nature with God. Mother Teresa required her nuns every year to take a year-long break, every, every four to five years to take a year-long break so that they could heal and rest from the demands of their caregiving. Elijah, too, leaves the noise of the city and journeys into the desert, also known in Hebrew as the Midbar. Now, the desert is this open and ownerless space. It is the opposite of the colonized, busy empire. In a famous midrash, the rabbis say that anyone who does not make themselves ownerless, like the desert, cannot acquire Torah or God's word. The root of midbar here is word in Hebrew. Midbar, the open, ownerless desert and space is where we find Torah, God's word. Now, I don't know what your midbar is, what your open and ownerless space that helps you get away from the calendars and expectations and duties. Maybe it's a back porch or a lake or a little patch of woods or an herb garden, but wherever it is, you are called by God to enter into the restoration and peace of wild things. I once told my chaplain supervisor after a couple very hard days. My problem is I just care too much. I'm an empath. And she immediately claps back, no, your problem is you have terrible boundaries. We are called by God to step away from the duties and work and to rest in midbar, in open and ownerless spaces so that God can restore us. Because when God finally speaks to Elijah, 
It is in the midbar. And how many of us are desperate for a word from God, but we do not turn off the podcast or the TV or leave our schedules? Yes, God is always speaking, but sometimes we have to leave the noise and the calendars and go into nature to hear God. Now, I want to be clear. In a minute, we'll move into another round of small groups and reflect on some of these self-care practices that our scripture lifts up, like the importance of sleep, clean food and water, and time away where we can be alone with God in nature. And I'll invite us to share some of our own resources and practices for self-restoration, but I want to be very clear about what I'm talking about because I am not talking about Netflix and ice cream on the couch. Those are good things, don't get me wrong, but that is distraction. If I ask you what you do for self-care and you say TV or pizza, then I would say that is not self-care, that is distraction. And there's a difference between practices that distract us from our exhaustion and practices that restore our energy. Our scripture is committed to that kind of deep restoration. So as we move into small groups, I invite you to think about the practices and resources for your deep restoration. And so we'll take a minute to just share one practice or resource. Maybe it's a yoga video or a poem or a scripture, a ritual, something that you do for deep restoration. And we'll just take a minute to crowdsource and resource share as a community. So let's share together. Hi. Hello. Hello. And we're back. Oh, you've been reading my mail, Keith. (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly what I needed to hear today. What do Mm y'all do for your self-care practices? Oh, I've created, um, well, I've went back, I would say, to, as many of you know, back to drawing, uh, which gives me a level of peace. I used to draw a lot, then I stopped for like 10 years. Uh, poetry, writing poetry, back to writing poetry, uh, which gives me a sense of peace. And as always, working out, you know, this this, this is the biggest ordeal I, I've gone through is not being able to go to the gym. Um, so me and the Peloton app on my phone has been best friends. Uh, the last couple of days, they opened my gym back up where I live. So I've been in there every day and that has just given me life again. Um, so for me, it's, it's definitely the working out um, and the art and the poetry um, that gives me time to kind of meditate and do some self-care. I love that, that's beautiful. I wanna ask this question to the Facebook um, people watching as well. I might call some of y'all out by name. Spencer. Spencer is a theologically trained individual. And yeah, what do you do for self-care, Spencer? Jody Helen? Walking is what Jody said. Walking. Walking. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think reading, reading poetry 
painting for me. I need to get back into more body movement. I've been doing some bike riding. Mm-hmm. Actually, Amir is my inspiration. We talked about it yesterday. <laughs> he's a, he he's a, start a, a bike ministry. <laughs> he's a big bike rider. We, we've been going uh, on night rides. It's easy to stay social distant when you're biking. Uh, I would totally join a church bike club. Right? I'm working on getting me on bike right now. Oh. Yes. Uh, bike group. He loves biking. Uh-huh. Makes me feel like a kid. It does. Mm. It's play. It's like yeah. we, we forget as adults, part of self-care is just play. <laughs> Drawing, biking. like. Yeah. Well, and I think that maybe that's what um, some of those vocational discernment books that say, you know who you were when you were, when you were young, mean, you know, the like, let your life speak and all those things. Like we knew how to be happy in those times. Hey, Liz, can you put us on gallery view? So we, you can see the whole group. Yes. I keep forgetting to do that. Sorry. No, that's okay. This is our first time doing this. Especially say say hiking, writing poetry, sitting on the deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing like a good deck, but you got to have a grill on it, Spencer. <laughs> Henry, cooking would be one of yours. You're so creative um, yeah, yeah. in cooking the kitchen. Is cooking is one. Mm-hmm. I've struggled a lot with self-care since moving to Atlanta because my primary self-care was the mid-bar, um, especially living in Wyoming where I was surrounded by public lands. And that's the point of public lands is that they're owned by everyone altogether. Um, and uh, it's been it's been very difficult for me to re-engage with that since moving here because um, I I like to call all the parks here the simulation or the simulacrum because they're not real. Um, they're like a call like a the empire's interpretation of what nature should be. And it's, um, you know, all walks in the parks because that's that's Kyle's self-care is to take really long walks of the city. He loves, loves being in the urban environment. And I walk with him, you know, for, for you know, being together and doing the thing that my partner likes. But um, those type of walks are very, actually very draining on me. Um, mm-hmm. When I walk through those parks, I just, I, I can't not see every single side of the empire. Like when you walk near the Beltline and you see the gentrification and when you, you know, pass the restaurants around the park and how expensive they are and exclusive and just all those things. So being quite honest, I've struggled a lot um, since we moved here. And then with everything shutting down, that's made it even harder because the things that I was finding to recharge myself the joys I was finding here I'm now can't engage in those anymore either so it's been quite honest one of ours wrote a book that's um hiking trails that are like 20 20 minutes around the city like it only takes 20 minutes to get to them there are hundreds but you have to know about them so let me um yeah yeah I will um actually ask Amy once we get in the main room and I'll put it in the chat because there are a ton of actual parks that's the other thing i struggled with is like we i've been to a handful of pieces of those around and i found myself very frustrated that i could like still see the 
the skyline and the sounds and like I I I I feel like I sound like I'm complaining, but um, you can always dip up to Smoky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. Like you are not going to see skylines yeah. or people up. Yeah. hike into the woods out there. <laughs> We've been doing that about once a month. Yeah, making the long trek up. Um, that's that's really yeah, but just. It's hard, y'all. It's hard to take care of ourselves this time. I appreciate this message. Yeah. And there's many different ways to do it. As we, um, some of the small groups seem to have come back into the main group and we welcome everybody else back into the main room. We're going to offer some, some ideas uh, in the form of, of things that Park Ave has been offering. Um, ideas for spaces. I see on the on the Facebook, um, we asked the group what they do to care for themselves. Talking with dear friends and family is something that um, Jody Helen put on there, and I and I would agree. And we've tried to create and cultivate some spaces for that um, within the within the Park Ave online offering. So we have a group that's meeting on Wednesdays, and that's at 10 a.m. and it's just a small group, and it's been the space of really building each other up, hearing, praying for each other, um, and, and moving together through each week. Um, so there's a regular space there. Um, the link for that is always in our weekly email, or you can reach out to Henra or I to hear about that. There's, um, obviously worship. And, and I think this format of worship is going to be really fruitful for us to connect and see each other and, and be in each other's lives. We've also been doing Wednesday um, interviews in the mornings. Pride theology is what we're focusing on this week and this whole month. And we, on Wednesday, we'll talk to Grace and Hester. Um, and we have coming, coming up again, a Zoom version of our Know the Law, Know Your Rights event. And I think that will be a great place to connect with people, to talk about, you know, what does it mean? What would it look like? People, I hear people saying defund the police. What does that mean? What are our rights in these situations? Um, and we got some experts. Henry has really well connected with folks that are, that are in the justice system now and um, has gathered a great group of people to speak to their experience. So look out for that um, link to sign up. And all of the resources that you all have been talking about in your small groups, please feel free to drop them in the chat. I actually am going to call out Amy, my spouse, and say, what was the name of that book that our friend wrote about the hiking trails? She's literally in the other room and she's going to hate that I did this, but um, maybe we can write the name of that book in the chat. Um, ah, yes, probably talking about it. Hiking Atlanta's Hidden Forests in town and out. And those are hikes that are really close to here, accessible. Thank you all for doing these, these small groups. I want to invite some of our fathers who are on the call to participate in the litany of fathering. Eric and Matthew, would you all take it from here? Certainly. For fathers everywhere who have given us life and love, that we may show them respect and love. Holy God, hear this prayer for our fathers. 
for fathers who have lost a child through death, that their faith may give them hope and their family and friends support and counsel them. We got to hear this prayer for our fathers that mourn. For men who may or may not have children of their own, but act like a father to someone in need of advice, support, nurturing, and love. Father figures. Holy God, hear this prayer for our father figures. For stepfathers who have assumed that role with love and joy, who have loved the children of another as their own and created a new family. Holy God, God hear this prayer for stepfathers. For adoptive fathers who have heard the call of God to lovingly step forward for those that need their care. Holy God, hear this prayer for adoptive fathers. For fathers who have been unable to be a source of strength, that have not responded to the needs of their children, and have not sustained their families. Mm. Holy God, God, mercy, mercy, mercy on absentee fathers. Absentee fathers. For fathers who struggle with temptation, violence, or addiction, for those who do harm, and for those who do they, for those whom they have harmed. Holy God, God, have mercy mercy on all fathers that struggle. For new fathers, full of hope, for longtime fathers, full of wisdom, for fathers yet to be fathers, soon to be fathers. Holy God, hear our prayer for fathers and mothers. For those that have shaped our lives without claim of family or kinship. For those who have taught us, guided us, shaped us, and molded us into servants of Christ our Lord. Holy God, hear our prayer. Amen. Amen. So thank you for all the enjoyment with small breakout groups. In a minute, we'll do our uh, last one. But I do just want to say that as we've been resource sharing, I want to be very explicit and clear that working for justice and compassion makes us susceptible to trauma and fatigue and burnout and stress. So quit telling yourself that you don't have time for self-care or that it is selfish or self-indulgent because it is a divine mandate in our scripture to care for yourself. After Elijah spends days of silence and rest in the midbar, do you know what God says? Stop trying to do this all by yourself. I have not called you to that burden. There are 7,000 other people in Israel who bow down to me and not to the current leaders. My plan does not all rest on you, Elijah. So go down and bless new leaders like Elisha to come and do this work with you. What a gift our scripture has for us. God gives Elijah a new model for justice work. You do not have to be the lonely weeping prophet. You do not have to be the solitary warrior activist. Bless new leaders. Take young people with you. Teach them and they will restore you. On this Father's Day, after we just heard this litany of fathers, our scripture is reminding us that God's response to Elijah's fatigue is to go and father some young people 
and share the burdens of justice work. My church family, new leaders are blossoming all around you. Bless them. Speak words of blessing. Build networks of care and justice work. And that too is what the world needs. Simply put, God has called us to bless. If you've been feeling fatigued, hear these blessings over your life from our scripture. You are worth being cared for. Your self-care is not selfish or indulgent. Your body is worth some extra compassion. The open and ownerless spaces of nature are calling to restore you. You are not alone. You are called to bless and anoint new leaders. And here also, some blessings spoken over you from Black ancestors and leaders. Black lives matter. My people are free. All that you touch, you change. There is no place that love cannot find you. In love, a cliff becomes a meadow. Love recognizes no barriers. You are your best thing. Give light and people will find the way. I am deliberate and afraid of nothing. Be an angelic troublemaker. I'm young, I'm handsome, I'm fast. I can't possibly be beat. We can only be human together. As we move into our last breakout session, I invite you to look through these blessings right here and pick the one that resonates with you, or you can come up with your own. But as we move into our final small group, I invite you to take a minute to voice a blessing out loud over your life, over your group, over your community, over this world. We are called to bless. So let's take a minute and pick, you can pick one of these that resonate with you or come up with your own, but let's take some time to bless each other. Let's share together. That was really powerful, Keith. Appreciate that, man. I mean, these quotes, you know, you know what one I resonate with the most. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Me too, actually. I was like, Let me write this one down. This yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely one where it says I'm an angelic troublemaker. Mm -hmm. By the Saint Baird Rustin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those, those of you on Facebook, please put in the chat, you know, which which one of those resonate most with you as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
been thinking a lot about the Andre Lord one. I am deliberate and afraid of nothing. And I think it resonates with me because I'm a very fearful person. So there's something about just saying it that makes it a little bit more real for me because I'm very fearful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking so much about this mutual destiny and and this idea that we can only be human together. I think mm-hmm. it's really striking me. Desmond Tutu, you know, went through the process of creating these um, healing spaces in South Africa. And, um, and I just think that healing happens when we recognize each other's humanity and we realize I, I need to be in community just to know my own humanness. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I think a lot of this, just a lot of the quotes, you know, it's really, you know, self-encouragement, building your own self-esteem. You know, if you stand in front of the mirror every morning and say, I am great, that I am somebody, that I am the best thing. You know, a lot of people may think that's <laughs> crazy in a sense, but if that does start to seek in, like, I mean, if you, you practice that every day and encouraging yourself, that starts to, you know, uh, inspire yourself throughout your life and throughout your walk and other people start to see it as well. Um, I think that's one of the, um, the, the best things about Muhammad Ali, his, his uh, encouragement and his self uh, view of his self encouraged other people to be positive, to be, you know, um, to be engaging and to live into who they are. Um, I think that's one of the most powerful uh, things about Muhammad Ali. His, you know, his, his, his viewpoint of his self encouraged us to have a positive viewpoint of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think for, for black folks, particularly who have been in so many societal structures and ways told that you are not insert anything there, you know, and, and, and for queer folk as well, maybe to a lesser degree, but still it's there to say, I am wholly made in God's image and I am beautiful in that. And to say black is beautiful. Um, And to say those and to have joy as a resistance. I think that's what you're talking about too, celebration as resistance. Mm. For sure. I mean, even along those lines, you know, looking at black history, um, I was looking at a documentary this past week, uh, a lot of our black history um, that we've, we were taught starts with slavery. Um, those are the history books, but that's not, that's not, all of our history. Our history goes well beyond that. Um, you know, the kings and queens that were in Africa and their stories, and the great kingdoms that they have, um, telling those stories that inspires um, young people, young black people, to know that they come from greatness, um, and not let those stories be hidden, um, and not let those stories be lost. I think is important, and that creates that that hashtag that Black Lives Does Matter because we come from something special. It didn't start with slavery. It didn't start in a position of um, slavery. Um, that's what I've been looking at all weekend and just reminding myself of what we've been through and where we come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the histories that have been covered over of, of Black success in America and the ways that the white system has worked to subvert mm-hmm. that and destroy and kill. You know, we know about the riots in LA and Watts and but we, we don't hear as much about the places like Black Wall Street and the places where 
community came together and was succeeding and then was subverted and 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 now that these narratives are out there I do think people are learning and seeing and the system is being revealed as to how it has necessitated us declaring Black Lives Matter. Go ahead. I said the veil is being lifted violently. Yeah. Yeah. I encourage anyone to go find. Go ahead, Keith. On my phone. I was saying, like, to your point, Pastor Hendra, like, theologically, that's why it's so vital that we remember Jesus's Blackness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, thinking about Black history, theologically, Mm -hmm. like, we trace a lineage to Jesus. (laughs) And that is powerful. Exactly. Exactly. And it's powerful to say that again and again because it's been said, you know, Swedish <clears throat> Jesus has been uplifted so much that we need right. to say Black Jesus, Black Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I love how you said it in your prayer, Pastor Henra, the African Messiah. Mm-hmm. The African Messiah. Yeah. It's part of the history, definitely, and the present. Give one up. It's coming back in here. Yeah, it looks like the small groups are breaking out. How was it, y'all? Definitely, definitely. So today we really are going to... Oh, sorry. No, I was just thanking Keith for bringing this to the table. Oh, Keith. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we are going to put again the feedback form in the chat. Mm-hmm. So give us feedback. This might be a way that worship begins to look more and more. So tell us if you liked it. Tell us how we could improve it. What was it from your perspective? Yeah. We definitely welcome everyone back. Um, and, and as we say that the format is a little different this morning, even our time of prayer and response will be uh, coincided with our time of offering and Thanksgiving. Um, so in our chat box, which you can see will be our text giving number, which you have two ways to give here at Park Ave. Uh, phone number is 470-300-1731. And then you also can give at uh, com and just click give at the top. Um, and in our time of response, Kevin will come back as well and give us a song. And then Reverend Keith will come and give us our benediction. But let us pray with our offering this morning as we come closer to the end here. Let's bow ahead. God, we thank you for all of the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us all of the gifts that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for this service and this time to communicate about resources to renew our strength and our energy and how important it is to connect with each other. Every blessing given, we do not take it lightly. We ask that it be for the building of your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name that we do pray, the African Messiah, amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.